Welcome to The Hammer, where we hit the nail on the head with insights from the world of Canadian renovation and custom home contracting. Now here's your host, the editor of Canadian Contractor Magazine, Patrick Flannery. Hi, and welcome to The Hammer. I'm Pat Flannery. Today I spoke with Mike York. He is the President and Director of Public Affairs and Innovation for the Carpenters District Council of Ontario. I wanted to talk to uh, Mike about uh, their no tax fraud initiative that they're uh, launching. Uh, this is something that's been uh, going on across North America uh, for a while. Uh, they have uh, a special uh, focus week coming up, uh, April 11th through 16th, uh, where they're going to uh, raise awareness about uh not uh, not engaging in uh, uh, tax evasion and uh, payroll tax uh, evasion in uh, in our businesses and our hiring practices. Uh, controversial topic for sure. There's definitely opinions on uh, on both sides of this issue. I think in uh, amongst all of you, and uh, so I wanted to uh, get into some of that with Mike and uh, and and look at some of the uh, some of the objections, some of the pros and cons, and find out uh, just what their initiative was all about. And uh, and and what uh, what their position was on this uh, this uh, tax fraud matter. So I uh, hope you enjoy my conversation with uh, Mike York from the CDCO Carpenters District Council of Ontario. All right, I'm here with Mike York. He is the president and director of Public Affairs and Innovation for the Carpenters District Council of Ontario. Mike, how are you doing? Uh, Patrick, doing very well, and appreciate the opportunity to be on the show. Yeah, yeah, no, it's great. That, it's great that you could join me. Uh, uh, as you know, I, I I bumped in a couple of your colleagues uh, at the uh, Ontario Construction Secretariat. You you were there too, but I didn't I didn't talk to you at that. Uh, and uh, and uh, we just got uh, uh, chatting about some of the things uh, uh, the CDCO is up to, and uh, and I wanted to to just follow that up and and have a little discussion. So. I guess everybody around the province and the country can uh, can can hear about what's going on. So, really, the big the big focus today is on your uh, your no tax fraud uh, uh, program, which I I think is 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 interesting and and it's it's especially interesting because it delves into some definite areas of controversy and 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 discussion in the in the contractor community. All of our all of our friends who are out there uh, uh, doing work on houses. Um, but uh, let's start, uh, first of all, by getting you to introduce yourself and, and tell us a little bit about the CDCO for those who might not be uh, familiar. Sure, sure, Patrick. Well, uh, I'm a carpenter by trade, but uh, had always had an in interest in uh, political action and uh, representation. So kind of in my career path, ended up doing more to public relations, innovation and political work within the context of the CDCO, which is the Carpenters District Council of Ontario representing about 30,000 men and women in pretty well all sectors of the construction industry, residential, uh, commercial, uh, EBSCA, which is and heavy and highway as well, industrial. And then we have about 3,000 members that are primarily women and they're primarily personal support workers in uh, long-term care homes. So we are a diverse group. Yeah, for sure. That's, uh, that's quite a spread. But yeah. uh, that 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 happens in uh, now now that the, there's the union connection there, right? Is that is that how that works? Yeah, I, I mean, look, uh, we as as society evolves and changes, so does our organization, and uh, you know we have we see opportunities to work with other workers that may be or maybe not be represented, and then we've developed uh, our own healthcare uh, division, Hope, uh, the Hope Local, 
So that's all about health care, uh, long-term care, retirement homes, et cetera. Cool. Yeah, I I I remember I remember uh, finding out about that that aspect of uh, of unionization when I was working at the London Free Press, and sure. uh, the the union for the journalists there was also the union for like paper pulp and paper workers. <laughs> it, was, it was it was it was interesting. That's uh, well, coincidentally, I'll tell you, like uh, across Canada, we are also representing uh, health. Uh, paper workers, but also in New Brunswick, we have one small division actually uh, represents police officers in a uh, in a town in uh, New Brunswick. So there you are, the diversity and yeah, broad, yeah, broad spectrum. Well, anyways, we're staying sure. on the Carpenters today. Correct. And Correct. Uh, and uh, the uh, so tell me a bit about this, um, about about the no tax fraud initiative. I know I, I've seen billboards. Uh, I know uh, I know you guys have some videos. Uh, sure, uh, sure. Around. Um, just uh, uh, give us the give us the thirty thousand yeah. foot on what you're doing there. Sure, and I can relate back to you know the website uh, for your listeners to go to for more information, kind of at the wrap up. But I'll go back to the very beginning. You mentioned uh, the OCS Ontario Construction Secretariat. Uh, during the course of this conversation, I'll actually refer to them because the OCS has really done some great uh, data collection and research on uh, the underground economy, and that's what we call. Uh, the whole issue of tax fraud and construction. It's all about the underground economic activity that takes place in not only Ontario and Toronto, but across Canada, across the U.S. So the 30,000 foot uh, view is that this is an agenda taken on by the Carpenters Union across North America. And primarily it takes place in April. So April 11th to 16th this year is our days of action on tax fraud. And why that is, is because at the end of April, Canadians have to make sure their taxes are paid. And on April 15th in America, uh, U.S. citizens are expected to pay their taxes. So that's where we're bringing attention to the fact that underground economic activity by both workers and employers uh, is deriving uh, you know, uh, our uh, governments of rightful tax revenue. So how do we build roads, bridges, hospitals, schools, uh, etc. if we don't have those tax resources. And maybe through the course of the conversation, I'll talk about how much, but just in, in terms of uh, that, again, that, you know, that bird's eye view from 30,000 feet, this is an initiative that the carpenters have taken on, showing leadership in the uh, construction sector. And we're getting a lot of support from uh, the employer base because they are also undermined by unscrupulous employers that are ripping off the tax system and by workers as well, because in its most benign sense, yes, uh, I think you referred to maybe the residential sector. So someone gets a deck done or a back fence or whatever. That's really not our focus. Our focus is on the hundreds of millions of dollars and billions lost to uh, our economies and our tax resources uh, through, you know, pretty serious uh, underground economic activity. And in its worst case, can really involve uh, human trafficking, as we've had some examples in the last ten years in southern Ontario. Wow, I wasn't uh, I, I wasn't aware of that aspect of it. Expand on that for me a bit, Mike. What uh, uh, what's the link there? So uh, back about uh, in 2010, 2012, there were a number of uh, workers from uh, Eastern European country that were being exploited on construction sites wow. by by essentially a, a family. Uh, almost like a mafia-style family of uh, construction employers. And they had, and these were primarily Hungarian uh, individuals, and they had 20 people living in basement apartments and then shipping them out to construction sites all over southern Ontario. 
And the workers were in desperate fear, for not on their own safety, but the safety of their family members back home in Hungary. And there were a couple of RCMP officers that cracked this case wide open. The Global Mail did some great stories. And I will give credit to the two RCMP officers. It really made their career. They took it on. They really got uh, sunk their teeth into it. And they exposed and they uh, prosecuted uh, the, the key individuals that were ripping off uh, up to 20 workers, but also ripping off our tax, uh, our economies and, and our governments. It's kind of part and parcel of, 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 of the of the. The same issue. I mean, obviously, human trafficking is a, a heck of a march farther than 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 uh, evading some taxes. Absolutely. But, but, but it's kind of like if you're evading the taxes, you're 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 certainly not uh, you're certainly not getting the, the the monitoring and oversight of your operations uh, that, yeah. that 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 governments uh, and, and law enforcement, for that matter, relies on to uh, to, to keep tabs on. On, on on bad behavior, so it it can be it can be seen as sort of a, a larger issue, right? Of the of the fly by nighter of the person trying to operate sort of outside of the system. Absolutely, it kind of operates like I said on kind of a spectrum, right? I offered you know, the yeah. most benign element, and then I talked about the worst case scenario. But in between, you're right. So there's all kinds of other issues: health and safety on the job site. Uh, how are apprentices taken care of, uh, you know, in terms of training, et cetera. And then there's also a whole question for any uh, client of these individuals. What about the quality of workmanship? If, you, if you're dealing with that type of character uh, in the industry, uh, what's the, the quality profile, et cetera? Yeah, and your recourse, right? I, I, mean, yeah, I mean, this is what it always comes down to, right? Is That's good. Something bad happens, somebody rips you off, which, which is something yeah. we've covered in the magazine significantly mm-hmm. over the years is 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 contractors behaving badly uh uh and 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 you know what's your what's your recourse if this if this company is operating you know yeah. completely outside of the, the 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 guardrails that are that are usually there right yeah i kind of like it uh, no I'll, I'll give you an example let's say uh, you know a couple of years ago when the federal government was giving tax uh, rebates for homeowners when they were doing renovation that was fantastic because that brought all this stuff up to the surface because yeah. All of a sudden, the, the homeowner says, wow, I get a tax uh, rebate from going to Home Depot, Canadian Tire, whatever. I'm going to make sure my work is all done on the surface, uh, legit. So that's one me- method of kind of bringing that to exposure. You're a bubbling yeah. cauldron of ideas, Mike. This, yeah, it, it reminds me of that. That it reminds me of uh, of uh, the the Green On program they brought out for Windows a little while ago, which I had some contact with because I also do right. a window magazine. And suddenly, all these all these uh, contractors came out of the woodwork and signed up for WindowWise, which is a very nice quality program that Sodak runs. And and you know, it, really, everybody installing Windows should be involved. And of course, many 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 weren't. And yeah. and and then the minute this thing comes out suddenly there's this rush of and it, now all these people have to conform to these standards and yeah. have their work documented and you know which is which is what uh, something we're in agreement with because we are very strong advocates on health and safety on the job site strong advocates around yeah. training around apprenticeship programs and then of course you know we, we have other benefits such as a pension plan so all these are very formalistic approaches to an industry which has a reputation of being a bit like the Wild West. And we're saying, no, let's let's work with the contractor base and really formalize and have institution within the industry that benefits both worker, the client, and the contractor. Right. So I want to circle back to something you sure. said that, that, that was interesting to me. Um, um, you're not talking here about the guy who gets a deck built and and yeah. and 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 does that for cash, okay? Yeah. What what t- tell me a little bit about I, I guess about I guess about the scale of the problem and 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 where you see 
what level of contractor work you, you you see that this needs to be addressed at? Well, you know, it happens in in all sectors, and uh, we argue that it's quite a large uh, impact across the board. So across North America, it's truly in the billions of dollars. And I mentioned earlier the Ontario Construction Secretary. So some of the research that they've done, and we've got that up on our website, their argument is that the research that they have done is up to $3.1 billion annually is lost to government revenue in Ontario alone. So then you extrapolate that across the country and then across America. And so that, that's it's huge problem financially. Then the other issue of the uh, of the exploitation of workers, the abuse of workers. And so that to us is a huge issue in our industry. And so when the carpenters are out there, it's we're not advocating just for our local organization. We're arguing across the whole board. So all workers in our sector will benefit from the work that we're taking and undertaking our communications with people like yourself or the political uh, political leaders who we want to enact legislation. Because in our point of view is, you know, we've done this contract, this uh, campaign for a number of years. We've done the education. Now we want to see legislation. Give me an idea, Mike, of, of, of you know, a lot of contractors are, 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 are going to say, well, this is a this is a victimless crime. It's only the government that's getting that's that, that's getting dinged. What are what are what are some consequences that can happen to, to to your organization and to your worker if you're if you're if you're doing this kind of thing? If you're if you're if you're evading taxes, if you're if you're taking cash work at, yeah. at scale at at at, at in some well, large well, a lot of it. Sure, a lot of it uh, really uh, is misclassification of workers. So you can have, for instance, a former company or a drywall company or an electrical company. They may have 30, 40 workers. What they'll do is misclassify those workers as independent subcontractors instead of employees. So the penalty for the worker could be a huge tax uh, bill if the, if, when and if this is all exposed. So all of a sudden they've made 30, 40, $50,000 and then all of a sudden they've got to say, okay, you, you're not really an independent contractor. You're an employee. So there could be a penalty there. Likewise, there could be a penalty on the employer uh, and also on the client, depending on on the circumstances. So again, like I say, often it's not just a smaller contractor. These are sometimes quite uh, large undertakings, especially in the States and some of our major cities, like I said, you know, with, with multiple workers uh, who are involved in this. In many, many cases, it's not, it's not the worker's uh, desire. They're basically told, you want to come to work for us? Here's the circumstances. Here's the criteria. So you'll find, let's say, someone's a second or third term apprentice with the carpenters, for instance. They uh, are unemployed, let's say. They're looking for a job. They'll find a job down the street. And the guy says, okay, you're, you're a journey person. Where's all the training? But he say, no, I'm going to pay you. This is what you're going to get. And, and you're going to work as an independent contractor for me. Yeah, take it or leave it. Take it or and, leave it. Yeah, take it or leave it. And 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 um, you, you know, I I know that I know that uh, uh, like like if, if this stuff gets picked up in audits, um, um, they can be coming back after back payments for EI. They can be coming back after after back payments for CPP. Um, yeah. um, you, you know, like, like, and, and, and they will, and they will charge interest on all that stuff. Uh, and, uh, it is so, so you're, you, you are taking on significant risk as a, as an employer doing this. If you, uh, if you don't, 
um, well, it, you just are. I, I mean, absolutely, you know, and that's why we have a, a good degree of support from the contractor associations that we yeah. deal with, whether it's uh, ISCA, the Interior Systems Contractors Association, on the drywall side, or the Formwork Association uh, from the carpenters' perspective, because they see it as an unfair advantage by unscrupulous employers to undermine the industry. And remember, you know, we as an organization have been around for 140 years. And so, you know, we've we've had a lot of time to establish good uh, benefits and good standards in an industry, health and safety, training, apprenticeships. And then to see that undermined, that's really distasteful for us. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and the, the other thing is, um, I know that when it comes to, and, you know, we, we won't get into the weeds of WSIB policy, but I, I, yeah. I you know, the, the fact of the matter is this independent contractor uh, 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 relationship uh, can be challenged uh, by the WSIB in the case that somebody gets injured. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, and if you thought that this was a way to evade uh, having to make WSIB contributions, uh, et cetera, you're, you're going to, you're going to find out otherwise uh, because they, they do their own investigations and can come up with conclusions that are quite different from yours. Absolutely. No. And, and these are some of the consequences that people may not necessarily envision or see. But it's also consequences that individual workers face and feel. They're the ones that, if they're injured on the job, where's their WSIB? So then they have to go through a whole process, and they may be determined to be a worker, an employee at the end, but it can be months they're not making in that process, right? So these are these are some dangers, and this is why this is why we're strong advocates for formal approaches to eliminate this from our from our industry. Okay, Mike, we've got a fairly, we have a diverse, a politically diverse uh, listenership to this podcast, right. I assure you. Uh, we, we got the whole spectrum here, uh, and uh, I'm going to throw at you uh, some, of the, uh, some of the objections that I, that I know are in the minds of our listeners right now uh, out there when they, when they see the no tax fraud message. First of all, government is wasteful and bureaucratic, and they don't deserve the tax dollars that they collect. They collect too much. Uh, why should we care that uh, that the government is being deprived of uh, any uh, any amount of revenue as a result of tax fraud? Well, I might say to that person that's saying, I'm paying, and why, why do I care? I would say, you are paying, why shouldn't the other guy? Why should he have an advantage over you? You're making your contributions. Why should this other guy get away with murder in, in the tax fraud sense? Right. And and before that, I mean, I, I might also argue, you know, uh, as a society, we do need tax uh, income and revenue for our hospitals, for our schools, for our roads and bridges, for all the infrastructure that we require. And especially on the healthcare uh, front, you know, we've just gone through a two-year pandemic, and our healthcare workers have done incredible work. And I believe that uh, they need uh, money into that uh, sector of the economy to, to provide for. The most fragile among us. Yeah, and I, I mean the, the pandemic's a good example, right? I mean, yeah. I mean we have all these plans in place uh, to rebuild infrastructure, and and a lot of us in the in the contracting world are are, are counting on, if not directly that infrastructure spending, because yeah. my my listeners are are, are home builders, uh, but uh, but but the spinoff, right? Like I mean, I mean the fact that everybody still has jobs, yeah. <laughs> you know, and 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 is continuing to go along even after an impact to the economy like that. Uh, that's, uh, you know, that's, 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 that's one good reason. So that's, that's, that's part of it. Okay. Another one. I, if I don't 
offer the cash discount. Um, if I don't uh, get this advantage on my pricing, uh, the next guy down the street will, and I can't remain competitive without doing what I can to take these ends around around the around the tax policy uh, in order to uh, in order to get by. For instance, by hiring people as independent contractors, even if really they aren't. Well, a couple of answers to that question. So the first one might be: Look, if you can't survive in an industry without cheating, maybe you're in the wrong industry. Or maybe you are a contractor that we don't need in our industry. But I will go back to my earlier point that we have a lot of support from uh, the contractor base, the associations, and they recognize the value of someone taking the bull by the horns and uh, bringing this to the attention of decision makers in our le three levels of government. So uh, there's a lot of appreciation for the work that the carpenters are doing across North America on this issue. Awesome. I'm a homeowner. I love being able to get the contractor in front of me, get my quote, and then say, what'll it be if it's cash? Okay. And and now maybe we're, I know we're talking about smaller, maybe here. here we are. You're, yeah. you're not so concerned about with the, 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 the deck or the fence or something like that, but uh, let's say a larger project, right? Let's, let's say a whole, let's say a whole custom home build, right? Something mm -hmm. like, that. uh, what can I, what can I, what can I get if it's cash? Um, what, what would the message be to homeowners uh, and, and to project owners about, about, this, uh, about this, this, this tax process? They, they've, been, they've been benefiting from it, uh, they think. Um, what, what's, your, what's your message at that end of it? Well, a couple of points there. So one is to go back to the earlier comment just around tax rebate. I love the idea of putting everything on the surface and there's a tax rebate. And I think there really should be for work that's done on the home. So that really brings uh, a focus to you know, legitimizing the industry. The second point might also be, what's the uh, risk or liability of a homeowner if you're seen to be the contractor in question? Like if you're, if you're dealing with people and just getting them to do work, you might be deemed to be the employer at some point in time. So if someone's injured on your job, what's your liability on that? What's your risk on that? So that issue of liability could be much more than your savings uh, on a few dollars uh, here or there. Yeah, that's a, that, that that's an excellent point. Is uh, is is you can be you can be looked at by by WSAB for that for that kind of thing for sure. And uh, you know if 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 you were if you were attempting to, for instance, claim some of these home expenses uh, on your on your taxes uh, for uh, uh, work at home or something like that. Um, you know, again, th this this can lead to audits and actually more expense oh, yeah. if you're yeah. <laughs> if you're if you're if you're uh, not being careful about how you do that. Um, Okay, I think you've uh, I think you've shot down some of the some of the more common uh, <laughs> sure. okay. the, the, the common the common objections that I that I that, that I know are floating around out there and uh, and and people certainly have different different views of this kind of thing. Um, what um, is there a call to action with this, uh, uh, Mike? I, I guess aside from doing things above board yourself, uh, uh, what 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 would you like to see come out of, come out of this in, in terms of action? Well, I love that. I love that phrase, the call to action, because really we go into it with a call to action to not only to our members, but to our contractors as well. So over the course of our campaign, the last couple of years, we've had great comment, great contribution, great partnership with our contractor base Been very solid in support. But one of the uh, call to action that we uh, are, are looking for from our members, you know, as we go into tax fraud days of action, April 11th to April 16th uh, this year, so next month, we're going to be doing meetings with uh, 
federal cabinet ministers, provincial uh, cabinet ministers or MPPs, city leaders. And we're, we're, we're saying we need to address this as a kind of a, a coalition of folks. So one of the aspects or one of the points is that when I when I talk about our wrap up here and I go to our tax fraud uh, website, we have make a real difference, contact your MP and your MPP. So on our website, we've got messaging set up to you punch in your uh, postal code and up will come the MPP for your area, the MP for your area, and then you can send off a standardized letter, bang. So we're hoping to get thousands of those sent off over the next uh, month or so. And I apologize, what is it we want the MPPs and the MPs to do? Well, that will be to, to uh, there's a couple of points in there. One is that we want to have them address this issue as a serious uh, concern, because that's serious for our industry. Yeah. So we want them to implement methods to kind of put an end to tax fraud in the construction industry. There's a couple of other, uh, there'd be a couple of uh, legislative pieces to that. So one would be, you know, having a, having a, a within the revenue department, have a team to go after tax fraud upon uh, alert when, when we would give them an alert, then they'll have people that actually start investigating that. This comes up again and again in, 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 um, in, in areas of, uh, of government regulation, and I've, I've seen it in other industries as well. Um, um, that even enforcement piece is uh, is is one of the biggest issues, and and you know there was a there was a backing off, I think, of 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 enforcement and inspectors and regulations. You know the the efforts to not have too many government employees on the payroll, et cetera, um, and uh, and and I think down downstream of that, and I'm I'm going back to the '90s now. That, that right. down, downstream of that, we're seeing a a, a, a situation now where. Yeah, the, the the people who are trying to follow the rules and are trying to do the right thing get very frustrated because because they they see that the enforcement isn't picking up those who are not, um, and 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 I I think that really a, a lot of a lot of the industry can get behind um, um, just having even enforcement right and and, and yeah. consistency. Yeah, and I might give a, an example of that type of enforcement. So for many years the. Toronto office, uh, the fair wage office in the city of Toronto has responded to complaints from either workers or contractors or unions based on uh, what they see as maybe some cheating that's going on out in the industry. So not every construction union has a collective agreement with the city of Toronto. So where you don't, then the fair wage office does an excellent job of investigating and following up on complaints. So we see that as a benchmark that could be followed by other communities on the uh, city level. Assess for me, and, and, and Mike, because I, I know your background uh, uh, touched politics in the past, as you mentioned. Um, uh, assess for me how Monty McNaughton's doing. I had him on the podcast here uh, a little while ago. Um, he strikes me as somebody who's actually fairly focused on uh, on these sorts of issues and 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 issues around the trades. What, what what's your assessment there? Yeah, I I think that's a pretty accurate assessment. One thing that I would offer is that uh, you know we. We've done a lot of outreach with with uh, his office and his ministry, and I can tell you, in, in terms of following up, he gets it. He's really made a commitment to skills development across the board in the province. And uh, from both the union side and the management side in our sector, in the construction sector, I think he he's given a lot of credit, and uh, his work is respected. It's refreshing, uh, and it's nice to see uh, some uh, some attention paid at, at least. But uh, whether or not you agree with the the, the directions he's going in, which uh, you know, uh, could, people have different opinions. But well, I, uh, I, uh, I I I think it's nice to see the attention and the focus coming from the ministry. So that's uh, I, well, I agree with you on all. Maybe I could even give you one further example. Sure. 
So the issue of um, uh, opioid abuse and 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 yeah. uh, use in in across the board in our society, but also in our construction industry. And you know, many workers uh, because of they've been injured on the job, their uh, their doctor will uh, assign them to opioids, and then one thing leads to another, and then you have abuse. And, and we've actually had uh, some members uh, pass away uh, due to this use. And we've brought this to the attention to the City of Toronto Board of Health. You know, we had the whole campaign, uh, the other pandemic campaign, addressing this uh, concern in construction. And the minister really picked that up and ran with it. And just uh, two weeks ago, he made an announcement uh, that regarding uh, naloxone kits on job sites across the board. So really respect that. He, uh, he, saw, he saw an issue, saw a concern, and responded appropriately. Yeah, I, you know, that's something I'm going to be picking up in the channels, I think, a little bit more going forward, uh, because uh, I, I, I see that as a, as a major health issue that that is, and it is attached a little bit more to the construction industry, because people get their people get their injuries, and they, they get yeah. their pulls and their strains and whatever, they get prescribed things. And, and you know, we, we just see in the numbers, the addiction numbers across North America, really, uh, that that it is. Um, how, how would I put it? The, the demographic that works in construction uh, uh, is is especially vulnerable uh, uh, to this sort of thing. And um, and and uh, yeah, I think it's I think it's great that Monty has uh, has has uh, uh, looked at that and and is is doing something about it. That the kits are a great idea. Uh, that make just yeah. makes too much sense. And um, and uh, yeah, it's 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 something I think we all probably are going to be uh, are going to be maybe talking a little bit more about going forward because. Yeah, that you know, it's just it's. Well, that, that's great. I, I'd love to come on the show again and maybe have yeah. a discussion about that with a colleague of mine. I don't know if you know Phil Gillies from the Ontario Construction Consortium. Okay, we were a partnership that put together the other campaign or the other the other pandemic campaign kind of address this issue in construction. So that may be someone you put on your on your radar there. That yeah, that yeah, that would be great. I I I think we need to have uh, we had need to have some more conversations about that. Sure. At any rate, if people want to have more conversations with uh with with you and the uh uh, uh CDCO about um about any of this uh uh where do they go and where do they look, Mike? Well, that's a great way to wrap up. So I would say <laughs> check out our uh, tax fraud campaign website at notaxfraud.com. All right. Lots of information there. You can send a message to your MP, your MPP, and, and see a multitude of videos. You'll see also the partnership between the Carpenters Union Organization and our contractors. Mike York of the Carpenters District Council of Ontario, thanks for, for joining me today and uh, telling us all about your no-tax fraud initiative. Thank you very much for that opportunity. Great, Patrick. Thanks for listening to The Hammer. You can find episodes online at CanadianContractor.com or subscribe on your favorite podcasting service. The Hammer is presented by Canadian Contractor Magazine. <laughs>